0: to school. I had no for today. I hit the radio dial and turn it up all the way. I play
1: Hey everybody, it's UK Hockey fan back with another sneaky cheeky podcast. Um, it is still 2018. I'm Shane and I'm here. I'm, hi, I'm Finn. And um, we were going to finish uh, podcasting for the year with our previous one, but we've got a few more things we wanted to talk about at the back end of
0: 2018. So it was a filthy loss to the Islanders last night. Uh, yeah, it was pretty awful, um, but we'll talk more about that later, along with some World Juniors news and yeah. some trade news. So. Yeah, lots to talk about so we thought we we'd try and get another one in before the new year
1: um but today i thought we'd start off by um telling listeners a little bit about what it's like to try and get ice time here in the UK so um we as everybody knows are huge Leafs fans and um we both play hockey and uh, there's two other uh hockey players in the family and um it is incredibly difficult to get ice time here in the UK
0: yeah it's like we, we, I mean, you and me tried to just rent the ice just for, a cu- uh, just for us two and a couple of buddies, but it's unbelievably expensive and so hard to get, yeah. especially with spare ice time.
1: So everybody um, out there that doesn't live in the UK probably has a pretty good idea of the fact that uh, there just aren't rinks here, right? So um, the population is uh, way bigger than Canada. Um, but there are only a couple dozen rinks in the whole of Great Britain. So that's England, Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland. There are literally a few dozen rinks. Now, um, if you looked at something like, I would guess that there'd be the same amount of rinks in all of Great Britain as there are probably
0: in southwestern Ontario. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw a stat a couple of years ago. I'm pretty sure it's like 32 rinks in England and uh, over 300 in Ontario alone, like... That's just crazy.
1: So you can imagine the effect that has on ho- hockey here is that uh, there just is no grassroots hop- hockey movement. So, Finn, how many people
0: are in your high school? Uh, I mean, there are 250 in my year, and it's like... How many in the whole school? Uh, definitely over 1,000. I know it's over a 1,000. So
1: let's guess 1,500. Yeah, that's probably right. Okay, 1,500 kids in Finn's school. How many of those kids play hockey?
0: Like... I'd say a dozen most.
1: A dozen kids play hockey that you know of. Uh, you, uh, there are 12 kids in your school that play ice hockey.
0: Not ice hockey. I, th- I thought you meant like hockey as in like uh, street hockey. This is a podcast
1: ca- about ice hockey though.
0: Yeah, I know. I know ca- probably four. Four max. Right.
1: Name all four of those kids.
0: Uh, Harvey, Arthur, me and Pop.
1: Harvey and Arthur play ice hockey on a team.
0: Not on a team. But I, know, I know they're starting up and they're starting to play with a couple teams.
1: Right. Okay. So how many people in your school of 1500 play competitive hockey
0: one me right
1: so 1500 kids one kid playing competitive hockey so consider that and th- largely it's because there's no access to ice here so um for example finn plays on a team and his team has uh, one one hour training session a week and uh during the season has uh one game a week and that is a typical uh, competitive league hockey team here. Um, so, you know, how do you, as a as a young person growing up here, or or an adult l- uh, learning the sport for the first time, how do you get
0: any good at playing hockey here? Well, yeah, I know, as you, as you said, they, well, they've, al- they've always got those uh, learn-to-play programs and stuff, and I know that they had one in Swindon for adults for a limited time. Yeah. Um, but the ice time is, unless you're on a team, you literally can barely get ice time other than like public skates and general skates. Yeah, so
1: absolutely. So cu- a couple things. Um, first of all, most of the ice rinks that I've been to here are attached somehow to like a, um, what they call a leisure center here, which is essentially like a, a, like a YMCA type thing back home. So like, a, you know, a sports center or something like that. And so they're run as part of the sports center. And if you go in there, you will find that those rinks are booked out by the hour and every hour of every day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, are already booked out. Now, uh, for those of us that are hockey fans, sadly, they're not booked out all the time by hockey. There's a lot of
0: figure skating.
1: Yeah, so figure skating is a thing here. Um, It is a sport. And um, if you look at a lot of the rinks around, the real prime time for ice is uh, taken up by ice hockey. Or sorry, not ice hockey, uh, by figure skating. Figure skating is uh, somehow a sport that has um, seems to dominate most rinks around here. It dominates Oxford rink, which is local to us so much so that uh, they don't even have, uh, or the, the figure skaters won't allow them to put plexiglass up uh, around the uh, around the board. So So, what have they got there instead?
0: They literally have one giant net that is so old that it has holes big enough for, like, a football to go through.
1: So, for some of you guys in North America or anywhere else that that are listening, this is probably hard to picture. But, basically, so the boards, uh, rink regulation size, boards regulation height. But where the boards, the top of the board ends, and normally plexiglass would start, instead... The net starts from there. So, that puck net that when you go to a, a rink where the, the net starts above the plexiglass, that net starts right at the top of the boards. So, in every single seat, anywhere you look in the rink, you are looking through a net at the gameplay. And it's just so weird. And so, the puck, obviously, naturally, in where it would all those times that it hits the glass and stays in play. That doesn't happen. It doesn't hit the glass.
0: It just gets absorbed by the net and either falls down behind the boards, which is just a pain for everyone, or it bat rebounds off and can... You know, like this fluke plays in the, in the NHL where it hits the glass and then hits the goalie and goes in. That is so common because... Well, not so common for the goals to happen, but it's so common for the puck to come out that far just because of the rebounding of a net.
1: Okay, and so I haven't played uh, a competitive game at that rink yet. Um, so what happens... Remind me what happens when, so if you're playing in a in a normal rink where the puck goes above the glass and hits the net, that's whistled down as a, a, the play stops then if it hits the net. But the net, because it starts at the top of the boards, what happens when the puck hits the net there as far as the refs are concerned?
0: Well, it I, I'm, I'm guessing it depends how far up the net it hits, right? Like uh, they kind of imagine if boards were there, which just sounds really weird when you talk about it. Glass. Sorry, but glass. Yeah, um, glass. But yeah, I, I guess it just just uh, is just up to the ref's decision and the ref's uh, view on it. Right. So if so, lots of times, first of all, it takes the glass out of
1: the game as being able to be something that you can use to keep the play going. So you, it's basically impossible to run a puck around the glass in the corner, for example, or something like that, because it's net. There's no glass there. Uh, So it's going to hit the net and basically just stop dead. So the reason that it's like that is because when they're not playing hockey, as soon as the hockey stops, so let's say it's your hockey practice or whatever, which they call training here. um, Let's say your practice is over, and the first thing you have to do is you have to move this net like a curtain all the way off the rink because the figure skaters insist that you actually withdraw the net right around as well. So there's literally no net, no glass there. And that's every single time that the ice, uh, the ice hire, or the the rental of the ice changes from a hockey usage to a figure skate usage. Every single time you have to, the hockey players have to take the net around because figure skaters just own the the rinks here or a lot of the rinks. So that that is a one of the reasons again why hockey is not a big thing It's just this whole notion of access to rinks and it's down to hours and it's down to the fact that hockey and a lot of these rinks is not even the dominant sport there so it takes a backseat to what else is happening Of course these rinks have to have um, you know public skating so that's a real earner right they make more money on public skating than any else so that's a lot of the prime time is pub- public skates um, if you another one about the rental skates talk about the rental skates so if you go to um, just to an open skate or something like that at pretty much any rink in the country and you go and get hire some skates what's that all about
0: well, if you go and hire skates, the only skates that you can get are horrible plastic figure skates which as as everyone knows they have that weird toe pick thing at the end, which for someone trying to learn how to skate, if you hit that toe pick, you're gone.
1: Yeah. So if you're if you go if this is going to be your first experience of trying to uh, skate on the ice, what you're going to get is a pair of uh, as Finn explains, pl- hard plastic boot with a couple of clips like a like a like a ski boot attached to a figure skate. So whether you're a man, woman, uh, or child, you're all going to be put on some terrible figure skates that are hard plastic boots. And most people are turned off that experience forever and will never return to skating. So let's get back onto hockey though. So I looked into this, I, um, Finn and I talked, we're, we're looking into trying to get some, um, some extra ice time because, uh, you know, Finn wants to get good and uh, he's you know he's playing with his team and, and playing as much as he can. He's dropping into sometimes uh, stick and puck sessions or whatever just to get more ice, as much ice as he can get. And so I looked into trying to hire the ice here uh, just privately because I used to do it back home. Um, in when I was a kid growing up, basically you'd go to the, the local ice rink and uh, you hang around there with your hockey gear and if somebody didn't turn up let's say a beer league team didn't turn up for their practice or whatever else and nobody was going on the uh, arena manager used to just usually let us use the ice for free and i know that times have changed and that's uh, you know th- that was back in the stone age and that sort of thing but later on in life when i was you know in my teens and 20s and that sort of thing and still looking for ice time I basically used to leave you could leave your name and number at the uh, at the rink and again if somebody didn't turn up for their ice or um some free ice became available they'd go on the list and they'd call a couple of people to say if you wanted to come down and basically you could rent the ice for even even when it was expensive for like a hundred bucks for an hour and so if you could get 10 guys to play a game of shinny it's like 10 bucks a piece
0: yeah i mean like we and uh, this is going back to the oxford rink again if we we went uh, to one of those general public skates one time, and if you remember, someone had hired a quarter of the rink, and I I then looked online after, and just to hire a quarter of the rink at the same time as general skates, so they're still bringing in loads of money by the people that are generally skating, in the other third of the rink, like. Yeah, that's so. That's something <laughs> so that's something else I forgot about. So
1: um, so you go to a normal uh open skate or whatever you call it. And um, so, so those of us that have our own skates, we turn up, we're in hockey skates, and we want to just get a bit of, you know, do a bit of skating. And uh, you never know whether or not there might be a birthday party on during the open session because if there's a birthday party, they cut off uh, a third of the ice and give it just to the kids in that birthday party. So w- you're paying the same amount, uh, but you're getting two-thirds of an ice rink to skate around in with a bunch of other people. And, uh, you know, it's basically there's no point in even going. But coming back to renting the Ice... So again back home you could get free ice if you wanted it. If you wanted to just call around to a, a bunch of friends and say hey, is anybody up for some shinny on a, late on a, you know, Saturday night or something like that, you could always pretty much always get pretty much always get ice somewhere. Now here, I contacted the arena manager at Oxford, our local rink. And I said to him, "Listen, is there any spare ice not being used?" And, you know, because I'll book that session and I'll just figure out how to fill it with people later. So I'll book it week on week. And um, the guy was really good about it. And he said, there's a problem with that. And the problem is, is that you can't play ice hockey unless you have uh, specific insurance. And uh, you're not covered by the rinks insurance. So you have to have insurance, which means you have to be a registered league player for a start. So you have to be registered on a team and be playing paying league fees and i can't remember what the league is that we all have to be members of is it
0: i i i, I, don't, I don't know the set the league
1: eihl or
0: something like that it's something well, like that like E I H L. so
1: everybody on every team in every league at every level has to be a paid member of uh, the hockey league uh so that's that's for a start then you have to have if you want to use the ice you have to have your own insurance and also um certainly at our local rink the uh other rule is that you have to have a certified coach on the rink uh anytime you want to play
0: yeah that's just crazy like how many people genuinely have the time to go and get trained to be this coach anyway and especially like uh, as you were saying you as kids you went to play cherny on any free ice you could find like you would have to get an adult because adults are the only one that can take that certain course and I'm going to guess that you did definitely did not have some adult watching over you as, like, a coach. No,
1: so there was none of that nonsense back home. And um, sh- it used to be, and I, I mean, again, I'm out of touch with these sorts of things in North America, but it used to be that the rink's own insurance covered the people that were on the ice. But here, you have to have your own insurance. Uh, you have to be a registered league player, and you have to have a certified coach uh, t- attending the session. Like I said, technically, don't have to be on the ice. But they have to be on the session. On the session. So that means, for example, if me and Finn and uh, you know a couple guys from his team and maybe a couple guys from my team or some other people that we just know uh, that you know don't play on a team at all, if you want to just have a uh, a bit of ice and play some shinny, uh, it's literally impossible to do that because first of all, some of those people wouldn't be members of a league, so they're out. I don't have my own insurance to cover a team, so that counts us out and uh you know let's say the ice is only available at 1 a.m uh, on a sunday morning um who's gonna you know what what re- certified coach is going to come along and uh, just hang out and watch a bunch of uh, idiots play hockey
0: yeah that's just well that's crazy right like uh yeah like like as, as you as you're saying in that example the whole 1 a.m thing I, I remember when you start training what time was it like 11 p.m on friday night something like something crazy
1: yeah so my hockey practice um is usually anywhere they start from anywhere from an early practice might be nine thirty at night um standard is somewhere between 11 or 12 and some of them start as late as 12 30 um i think that's fairly standard some places i remember playing um some beer league hockey back home and it was pretty late at night but uh yeah some really uh inconvenient time for ice and that sort of thing so So hiring the ice in the UK is essentially impossible. So for a person that is um, just starting out and trying to get really good at hockey, you basically are limited literally to only the ice that's available to the team that you're registered to play on. And so that leads some people to play on more than one team, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But to play more on more than one team, you might have to... uh, So you might play, let's say, uh, in Oxford. uh, You have an hour practice a week and maybe one game a week. You could play on another team somewhere else in a different league. And let's say that that team is... that rink is 50, 60 miles away. And that's the only other way to get more than one hour practice on the ice a week. That is it. There is no other way to do it. And so that leads people to think about the dirty word. The R word.
0: Know what I'm talking about? Genuinely right now, no clue. <laughs>
1: the dirty R word roller hockey.
0: Oh, that's that's harsh right there.
1: So <laughs> So roller hockey is is just as big, I would say, here as ice hockey is, in the sense that as many people play roller hockey probably on a team in some sort of league, um as do ice hockey because there's literally no ice. So when there's no ice and you can't get ice and there's no access to ice and your uh the town you live in doesn't have a rink and the next nearest town doesn't have one and the nearest ice is like two hour drive away, what you end up doing is looking at your local again, uh sports center, which is like a ymca or something like
0: that. And uh, you look at renting out the the gym. Yeah, like I I know we both played uh I played two seasons roller and I know you played a season roller. And um everyone thinks roller is like a kind of a niche sport kind of thing you know it's like it's literally dry land ice hockey right um but like but the the amount of people that as you said that play roller and that play ice is so close that they're both like a they, they both seem in england like a niche sport yeah
1: so so um you would think that it'd be like oh okay well it, they're they're uh, moaning about there not being enough ice time, but at least there's something. At least you could join a roller hockey team. Now, the problem with that is that they don't think about the fact that some guys might play roller and ice. So quite often the seasons run at the same time. So you, uh, your games would be conflicted. Your uh, practice sessions might be conflicted because they're at the same time. So it's not like one season ends like the ice season would end and then the roller one starts. They both pretty much run all the time. Uh, so it's really hard to do both. But um, amazingly, uh, in my experience, there is very little crossover. So if you joined a roller hockey, and so we were in a roller hockey club, big up the Oxford Blues. Uh, we both played in the in the Oxford Blues Hockey Club. I played in the senior team, and you played uh, in... I
0: played a season in Wee and a season in youth. Season
1: in Wee, season in youth. And that whole club, I'm going to say that it probably had... 50 or 60 registered players?
0: Yeah, that that would that would make sense. That especially cuz like you'd be lucky if you had two and a half lines, wouldn't you? Yeah,
1: at the at the most, I would say the whole club, so that's all the teams together, 50 or 60 players. Now, out of that 50 or 60, how many of those guys do you reckon played ice hockey also?
0: Genuinely maybe 10, especially like 10 that that's including like a few guys in senior, right? Yeah, so uh,
1: yeah, so I would guess Even that uh, that might even be a bit generous. Yeah, I would say maybe about on average about ten percent of roller hockey players play ice hockey, and about the same the other way around. So about maybe ten percent of ice hockey players actually play roller. That because the seasons don't overlap, and also it's a different sport. What are the main differences between um,
0: league ice hockey and league roller hockey? Well, for 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 starters, you've only got in roller you got four and four, which is a Pretty pretty crazy if you play ice. If you go from ice to roller, it's uh, a yeah, completely so f- different so tactics.
1: It's a four man team with a goalie, right? So you got um normal goalie. Everybody's wearing the same kit. Basically, it's exactly the same kit as uh normal hockey. Uh, so you've got a fully kitted goalie, and then you've got four out players. So there's um, so you're basically playing a, a four corner for formation more or less all the time.
0: Yeah, exactly. So that's one of the definitely one of the big things. Um, also, rink size. Yeah. Uh, you you don't th- there are no blue lines, so there's no offside. There's also no uh, no like proper goal line for icing, so there's also no icing. So you can literally have one guy standing in standing in front of the net the whole game, just waiting for someone to dump the dump the ball up the other end. Yeah, just
1: bombing it up the other end. So, um, just backtracking a bit there. So rinks, and so most roller hockey is played in a uh like a what what we call in north america a gym here they call it a sports hall but you know a gym with like a wooden floor uh, which has square corners and whatnot most roller hockey is played in there even games are played in there like league games and there are a couple of rinks that have rounded corners and plexiglass and whatnot but the rink is much shorter because they have less space usually to put it in and because it's shorter there's no there's no blue lines at all marked on the floor no blue lines so there's only a center line there's no blue lines, which means that there's no offside and you've got four men teams. So it's a kind of cool sport to watch. And um, you know what y- you know what our adage is and the, um, our motto is, any hockey is good hockey. But um, it's totally different. It's it's almost a different sport because it's a different setup. It's a different number of guys on the ice. There's no offside. It's a smaller rink. It's almost like it's a totally different sport. Anyway, um just, we just thought we'd start off t- uh, this podcast by giving you a little bit of a flavor of what it's like for a bunch of, uh, you know, uh, 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 us people that are living in the UK, um, you know, hacking it out in, in uh, competitive league hockey here, um, both of us in, in different leagues and that sort of thing. You literally cannot get more than sort of two hours of, max two hours of ice time a week um, on ice. So the big question for on everybody's mind is always, you know, how come none of the GB guys ever really make it into the NHL with very few exceptions? I mean, the guys that have made it across to even into a draft situation have been hailed as absolute heroes here because there's d- almost none. And uh, there's your answer. There's no ice time. And if you don't have ice time, if you're a kid growing up, and uh, you know, no matter how passionate you might be about hockey, if you can't get on the ice you cannot become a uh, you know a competitive player and if you can't become a competitive player you're never going to get near pro hockey
0: yeah just back backtracking one more one more little bit going back to uh, english uh, english players making it to uh, to the draft the best english players that you and me have ever seen the best full english players we've ever seen have spent a portion of their childhood in canada or north america somewhere playing organized hockey cuz that's where you that's that's the only way you're going to get good you play in one of the if you play in North America, because as you, uh, as we've been saying, you cannot get ice here, and the only the only way that you're going to get good and get more ice is if you play in North America. Yep, uh, absolutely, and that is the case. So anybody uh, you know who
1: has managed to get themselves into the top flight of hockey, elite li- elite league hockey here, if you look at their background, they definitely spent some time in North America, billeted out at somebody's house, trying to hack it out in one of the leagues there. Not, almost none of them will have made it into the likes of the OHL or the AHL or even the um, GTHL or anything like that. But they will all have spent some time mm-hmm. in playing hockey in North America uh, before coming back. And if they, play North, if they play even a few years or a couple seasons in North America, that gen- generally catapults them to the top of the rankings here. I mean, you come back and you are absolutely a standout, one of the best players. And to my mind, that you know, that will be, you know, commitment, talent, hard work, and everything else. But the bottom line is ice time. They will have had a shitload more ice time back home than they would have had uh, over here in the UK. Anyway, listen, should we talk about the Leafs?
0: Yeah, let's go, let's go back to the Leafs. So, if we go back to the, the the last few games that we've had.
1: So, let's go back to uh, Saturday the 29th. And um, are we going even further back? Yeah, let's go How further far back. How b- back are we going? back to the Panthers or uh,
0: New Jersey Devils it, uh, oh we're going way uh, way
1: back okay All yeah right.
0: because um, go, going into last night's game against the Islanders both teams were on a winning streak but the Leafs were on a five straight win streak and that is uh that's a pretty big streak if you follow the NHL
1: yeah well it's a certainly a big streak for the Leafs
0: yeah <laughs> especially the Leafs um, so we, we we started our whole uh, a whole win streak against the New Jersey Devils uh, do you know what date that was?
1: So that's going back to eighteenth December eighteenth with a big seven two win against the Devils, I believe.
0: Yeah, a seven two win. Uh,
1: so that was awesome, and um, it was exciting. I think that happened before we had our last podcast, actually. Yeah. Uh, and then two nights later,
0: we faced off against the Panthers. Yeah, we had a six one win over the Florida Panthers. Another
1: big, another big, uh, another big win there. Uh, you know, Matthew's really turning up. I think he had to open things up with a pair of goals. Even, uh, Naz got a goal in that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, so that's game two of the streak. Uh, then it was on the 22nd Rangers.
0: Yeah, uh, we had a five three win over the New York Rangers. Another
1: big win. Uh, Marlow steps up and opens uh, opened up the scoring on that one. Uh, Johnson, who's been a beast. Johnson, Jons- but yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, he's he's been he's been great. And uh, I was listening to another podcast, Steve Dangle podcast, which you and me both love. Shout yeah, out, out up, shout big out big out those guys.
1: Steve, Adam, Jesse, we love you guys.
0: Yeah, those guys are great. But I was listening to that the other day, and um, Johnson, believe it or not, uh, he's on he's on the first line with Mitchie and Tavares. And uh, he was actually a 7th round draft pick 7th rounder 7th round draft pick Yeah,
1: he's playing like a 2nd s- rounder 3rd rounder Yeah,
0: he is incredible at the moment He's, got, he's just got that speed And uh, he was also a big part of the Marlies Winning the, the Calder Cup uh, Last year That's
1: right, uh, Marley's also tearing it up And we should talk about them at some stage But um, sticking with the Leafs for now uh, Somebody else got a pair of goals in that game?
0: Uh, in the
1: Rangers game? Checked in with a pair. Uh, let's see. Did he also was he on that? No. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, an assist. An assist and two goals in that game. I'm gonna. G- is that Mitch? Yeah, Mitchy. Mitchy um, had a had a brace. They call they call two of anything in y- the UK a brace. Mitch with a brace of goals there and uh, an assist in that New York game. So that was game three of the streak. Game three of the five-game streak. So that was on the 22nd, Saturday 22nd. The very next night, 23rd, Sunday the 23rd, um, played off, um, played against Détroit.
0: The Detroit Red Wings, uh, 5-4 win. So if, if, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't that we went 3-1 down and somehow came back to win it in overtime. Kappen scored the goal in overtime.
1: That's right. So um, Cappy, uh checks in to... Um, so actually Cap, Kappen and Book ended that game.
0: Yeah, he's he started off the scoring. Apparently. He opened up the scoring for both teams.
1: First goal of the game, Kapanen.
0: And l- last goal of the game to win it in OT. Smashed the
1: coffin nail in, in OT as well. Uh, outstanding plays there. Uh, Riley with a goal. He is unbelievable this season. He is having a great season. Um, it's just amazing to watch... Uh, some of the guys, I mean, you know, you expect your Tavareses to produce, you expect your Marner, you expect your Matthews to produce, but there's some other guys that are just, there's like this halo effect happening from the core of the team that's stretching out over some of the, the next guys in line are just massively stepping up.
0: It's lit- It's, it's got to be up to our uh, our unbelievable center depth. You've got John Tavares, and as we were saying, Jonson is playing incredible, and I'm going to I'm going to have to say that's probably due to Devars and mana just because if you think about it nylander playing on the first line last year and i know he's not he's not really producing this year but he has been playing on the third line you know he's used to first line minutes used to playing with the guys in the first line yeah but it, it it all comes down to the big all-star core players that are just helping the other guys and helping the younger guys
1: and just on the on the willy situation i will say this so, yeah, he's playing on the third line since he's been back. He is not really getting on the score sheet. But the one thing that I have noticed is is that there's no dip when the third line comes out, right? So the one thing is is that at least they're holding their own. They, the, Nylander might not be producing goals li- yet, but it's not like the third line sucks.
0: Yeah, yeah. definitely. Like, uh, they have had some great scoring chances. I remember a couple of games ago, uh, going going back to Nylander, Nylander and Kadri which looked unbelievably good. And... Uh, Nylander was getting so frustrated because I remember he clanged two off the post, um, and one of them was just an unbelievable save. But yeah, yeah, he's yeah. hit
1: he's hit the metalwork a couple of times, which is must be just I can't imagine how frustrating that might be for him. For Nylander, no matter what anybody says, and and God knows what happened with all that behind the scenes in his his uh, contract situation, he more than anyone must just be sweating it out at the moment. The, the frustration of not scoring must be enormous. But anyway, the Detroit game. Um, so we said a goal from Riley, Cappy opened it up. Cappy ended that game. Uh, two other goals there, one from JT, and uh, one from someone else who's having a hell of a season uh, as well. Do you uh, remember who that was? So that this guy w- took a took a penalty at a pretty crucial moment last night that cost us a goal against the Islanders. The goat,
0: Freddie Gauthier.
1: Yeah, Freddie Gauthier popped one in against uh, Detroit. Um,
0: well, as, if, if, if we go to him quick, especially in the last couple of games, he's got two back-to-back goals. And I know some people were ripping on him, you know. He's uh, he, he's uh, also another one of the Marlies. He came up this season to play with the Leafs. Um, but in the last couple of da- games, that fourth line has looked almost as good as that third line, to be honest.
1: Yeah, uh, and I mean, I, was, uh, I misspoke a minute ago. I said he drew a bad penalty last night. In fact, it was a bad call. I think, if you look at at if you look at, um, back at, at what what had happened there, um, I'm just trying to think of exactly, running it back in my mind, it was something like uh, s- somebody sort of ran into his arm or something like that, totally unintentional. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, no, it was a but the, th- the, tripping call.
1: Uh, the linesman was on the wrong side of the play or something like that. Yeah, he was behind the play. It, it
0: looked like he kind of slew-footed him, if you remember, because we looked at the angle and we were like, are they calling slew-footing or something? Yeah, we couldn't but figure out what they were calling it first. It was a... They both clipped each other's skates, and from the angle that the the linesman saw it, he it, was right behind them yeah, across it, the ring. It looked like he'd just been slew footed or tripped to something. So into the penalty box he went,
1: and then the Isles scored a scored on the power play. Uh, right, so that was game four. The Detroit game was game four of the uh, streak, uh, leading us on to um, when was this day they played the Blue Jackets? Uh, they they played uh, it not.
0: Uh, they had back to back this weekend, so it was Friday night.
1: So yeah, so 28th, just gone past. Um Blue Jackets. Four
0: to two. Four two. Four two win,
1: yeah. Right. Uh a brace of goals for one of our favorites there. I'm Big J T. John uh, Tavares. opens up scoring. Assisted by uh so uh, power play. I saw that I looked at the assists here and, and I immediately saw Nas, which means obviously power play. If if uh if Tavares and Nazar on the ice together, it's got to be a power play, right? Exactly. So, uh, assisted Tavares opened up, assisted by Kadri and Marner picks up a point. The uh, assist master. Yeah. Um, Tavares with the second goal, second Leafs goal. So um, actually, what happened is Blue Jackets uh, popped one in to level it up, and then Tavares comes back with one assisted by Marner, Mitchie. Uh and not to be outdone by ending that period, uh, first period. With an assist, Uh, the second period scoring is opened up by... Matthews? No, Marner. Marner comes out, pops one in... Oh, no,
0: no, sorry, uh, assisted by Matthews. I remember that goal was assisted by Matthews.
1: Mitchie puts one in, assisted by Matthews, uh, and our puck-moving defenseman... Morgan Riley? No, uh, Gardner. So Gardner gets an assist on that one. Uh, Wrist shot, and that was, uh, you know, less than 10 minutes into the second period... Uh, no more scores. Do, um, Blue Jackets don't answer that period. Third period opens up with um, okay assisted by Lindholm, assisted by Moore,
0: Freddie the Goat,
1: the Big Goat. Uh, puts pops one in the beginning of the third period, so Leafs are up three to one, uh, four, to one. four to one, and. Um, Blue Jackets tried to crawl back with Panarin um, popped one in uh, uh, with a minute and a half left in the game to go uh, down four-two, and they just couldn't couldn't pick things back up. No. So that was five. That was a run of five really good games, and so the right-leaf names all over the show there. Depth of lines you can see there. So uh, pretty much all-line scoring, power-play scoring. Yeah, Mitchie with loads of assists
0: everything was clicking in those five games Like literally, stu- the stars were aligned so, um,
1: so if, that is that, if that is the playoff Leafs, if that is the Leafs that go into the playoffs, where you've got first line scoring, second line scoring, third line scoring
0: fourth line holding and uh, power play producing um, PK the PK, I, I, I saw the stat when we were watching the game yesterday uh, on the preview, and our PK is actually pretty good I, I, I didn't think it was as good as it was. Um. So it's weaker than our power play. But that's alright.
1: That's alright. We're still okay. Uh, but anyway, if that is the team, those five games there, if you could lift those five games up and plonk them down into any series of the playoffs against any team in the NHL, I will put money down right now. If those Leafs turn up, they will win the play- uh, pl- any playoff series against any team. Now, we'll can they pull off five games like that or or can they the, can they win a best of seven series back to back to back and get through a few series? I don't know. But if that team that played those five games shows up in any playoff series against any team in the NHL right now, they're going to win that round. They are going to win that round. What we need them to do is to be consistent enough to be able to imagine us seeing them Win round after round, and yeah. I'm not sure that we're. I'm not sure we're quite there.
0: Yeah. No, uh, we're we're still not consistent enough. But uh, one thing that we forgot to mention in that uh, five-game streak is that two of the games we had, well, Ennis broke his ankle, would be out six weeks, and uh, Hyman. I can't remember what he did, but he's going to be out for another four weeks.
1: Yeah, I can't remember either. Uh, and, oh, ankle
0: uh, sprain is what Hyman sprained did.
1: Sprained ankle, which is not be a bad one. That can be weeks. That could be weeks uh Freddy groin strain.
0: Yeah, that was that 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 broke last night just before the game he was meant to start and I was I was slightly worried, I'm not going to lie.
1: Yeah, so we'll get on talking about to uh the Islanders game that happened last night was pretty which was pretty crappy if I'm honest. Um but so going into that game, uh Freddy Anderson um listed day by day. Yeah, groin a groin strain and um Oh, you can hear our dog barking in the background. Can you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> that is our killer attack, Cavachon. And if you don't know what a Cavachon is, it's a, ca- it's a cross between a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel and uh, Bichon Fries. Uh It thinks it's a Rottweiler. There must be somebody here. could be the postman. Uh, right. Okay. Uh, Islanders, terrible game. Yeah. So comi- coming back to the misery of, uh, of being a UK Leafs fan. Um, Finn, describe uh, describe the evening. You know what happened pre-game and
0: and the timing of things. So, in England, uh, to watch to watch a Leafs game, especially a home game, uh, they always they always start at 7 p.m. Uh, Canadian time uh, in Toronto, and that's uh, five hours back to us, which means that uh, that means that uh, a game for us to watch is at 12. Midnight. Yeah, midnight. Yeah. So the game last night's on
1: at midnight, right? And um, we UK hockey fam, like everybody else that uh, else out there listening. um, You know, we've had uh, a busy Christmas season. We've been on holiday for a week. Uh, You know, Christmas Day had some Canadian relatives over, uh, some family from here over busy few days we're tired and everything else and but we knew the leafs game was on and so we hang in there right and uh the uh face at 12 we watched a bit of hockey a couple of the uh, earlier games watched some bits and pieces we watched uh we watched the winnipeg game
0: but bufflin had a pretty awful looking injury that we saw oh god yeah bufflin bufflin's ankle looked like he snapped his ankle like it w- it looked pretty awful i know you were shielding your eyes when you saw the replay i'm really
1: squeamish when it comes to something like that no problem when it happens to myself but watching it happen to someone else is makes me just makes my stomach oh, turn.
0: Oh, it looks awful
1: bufflin uh in that game so basically what's happening is he's in motion sort of outwards from the boards and someone else is coming in at full blast inwards and um, both of their skates were in a sideways slide basically and they met in the middle, and it was Bufflin's foot that just shifted sideways, uh, in his boot, you know, and you could see it. And um, so they went to he, but he be, Bufflin being big buff, he doesn't he doesn't even react like he not even his he doesn't even have a sour look in his face. He,
0: his, his face just looks dead. He's just he's just look he's, deadpan. Yeah, he just looks at his ankle and he's like, "Ow." <laughs> so
1: they they go to line up. To, uh, to face off again before the ref suddenly clocks the fact that Bufflin does have a bit of a limp. And then they realize that he can barely even get to the, uh, g- get off the ice. And at first, he was having such trouble standing on his foot because he was trying to stand on his foot. He was, like, going to try and play on. He was having such trouble trying to stand that they thought that he'd lost the blade from his skate. Yeah, because... Uh, yeah, trigger Trigger-release
0: trigger uh, blades or whatever. They thought a blade had dropped out. Yeah, because we, we were listening... Because uh, they were talking about it on the... On the like the audio of the of the game, and they were like, "Oh, they're they like Bufflin's lost the blade because he was being helped to the bench." Or That's whatever. right, and so and you like it, cl- it, there was a close up on his foot, and the blade was st- both blades were still there, and they were like, "Oh, that doesn't look good."
1: Yeah, and he wasn't putting any weight on that foot, and so they uh, lead him off the ice. And uh, the one thing that um, anybody who watches hockey you always know is that um, you are coming off the ice if you picked up a bit of an injury or something like that or a bit of a tweak. There's two things that are going to happen. If this is a tweak that you think you can get fixed, you're going to sit on the bench and get it addressed by the uh, trainer. Um, but much worse is by the time you get to the bench, you've already given the nod or have to had a shout to the trainer or whatever else, and it's just straight to the dressing room.
0: Straight through the tunnel to the dressing room. And
1: that's what happened with Big Buff last night. And so when you see Bufflin uh being helped off the ice and then heading straight into the tunnel to the dressing room you know there's trouble so i haven't heard an update on that injury today no i haven't seen anything either so not sure we'll have to uh that that news will probably be out um but suffice to say he was off and didn't come back but anyway so we watch that game and we hang in there so that game ends um i think we still had another half an hour or something like that, yeah, till that at speed like kicked over and something. Yeah, and uh, so 12 o'clock comes around, and, you know, I'm pretty tired, I'm going to be honest. Yeah. I'm uh, pretty tired, I may have even had a nap at some stage there. Yeah, you did. And, um, anyway, face off at 12 o'clock, and
0: uh, Leafs versus the Islanders, and
1: I go into that game feeling pretty positive.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely, and... uh it, it it was uh, it was great to show some of the some of the warm up footage uh, cuz uh, on, on not only is uh, Tavares playing his team for the first time the, the team that drafted him uh, for the first time ever who he served as captain for yeah exactly which means that and, and it it meant a lot to him that team meant a lot to him cuz if you when he was uh when he was uh, uh signed by the by the leafs in in that press conference he was he was saying the two the two teams that he was thinking about signing with were the islanders and uh, and with uh with the Leafs and he ended up going with the Leafs but the Islanders meant so much to him and it wasn't just a big game for him like it was probably the biggest uh, out of everyone it was the biggest game for him but also we've got uh Komarov former Leafs player last year yep. on the Islanders yeah that's right uh Lou Lamorello was sit- sitting in the S- standing sitting, standing sitting in the box. pacing around um and also Mitch's best friend Matt Martin was also playing and he's a big guy as well so the Leafs might have a might have been slightly intimidated at first because you're yeah, so such a big muscle on that team.
1: Anyway, you add it up, we're expecting a big game, and uh, we're certainly expecting um, on the uh, you know, hoping that the Leafs will carry on their their five-game winning streak. Uh, and so the game face-off uh, starts up, and how things kick off.
0: So the, the 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 first. So basically, both teams look pretty even strength. Uh, f- especially for the first five minutes, both teams are really going at it. Uh, Sparks looked pretty good at first. Uh, oh
1: yeah. We forgot to say, so, um, we talked about a minute ago, we said Freddie, uh, day to day groin strain. And so Sparks started out and you know, everybody's always a bit nervous when Sparks is in there more on that in a minute.
0: Uh, yeah. So, uh, Sparks starting in net. He looked, he looked pretty solid at first. Uh, his, uh, though there were a couple times after the first five minutes that you were saying when he, uh, he, he, he tried to pass the puck out, uh. And just ended up passing it to one of their guys and created a really big chance. Yeah, there was a really bad, a really bad play. He just looked nervous to me last night. He looked nervous. Well, it all goes back to saying that he hasn't had he hasn't had lots of uh, lots of NHL experience. And yeah, he won the the goalie of the year in the AHL, but that's nothing like the NHL, right? Yeah. Uh, especially with guys like Matt Barzell, who who got a hat trick last night uh, to lift the Islanders over the Leafs. Um, so first goal. But, uh, first goal was at uh 9:35 left in the first yeah um, scored by V F- Filpula. <laughs> i don't know what his first name is filpula i think the uh, yeah.
1: islanders score the first goal and um i'm we're out, we're watching social media and uh immediately all the sparks hate and starts right Oh, you know, he's. I think at that point it was the fourth shot. So he'd had three saves, and I think it was his
0: fourth, uh, fourth shot from the Islanders. Now, it totally was not Sparks' fault. Either. No, no, no. I, I'm, and we were talking about this. Uh, if, if, if anyone li- looks at the replay, and if you look at the play that was there, I think it was, it was, I know one of the, one of the, the uh, defensemen was Dermot. I think the other one might have been Ozhigarnov. Both of them went in to try and sandwich him, and, uh, the one, the one big hockey rule, you either take the man or you take the puck. They let both through. Yeah, they took neither. Yeah, they took ne- uh, ne- neither of them. Uh, they basically ended up, because he was going straight down the middle, they ended up kind of screening Sparks for a minute, so Sparks didn't really know where the puck was. Then they let him through. They opened up like a
1: pair of curtains.
0: They literally opened up, and then there was this Islanders dude that just sniped straight it. Straight <laughs> through.
1: Straight through the pair of them. So he's, uh, island, um, he's coming in with a puck, and... Uh, Facing two def- two defensemen that are practically shoulder to shoulder, these guys open up like a pair of curtains, let him straight through. So player comes through with the puck, open shot, and just parks it. I think in the top left-hand corner, um, you know, and the sparks hating immediately kicks off on Facebook, and so in uh, Leafs Nation and a couple other groups like that, there's immediate sparks hating and whatnot. And you know, I rarely join into any of that sort of nonsense i love the leafs and everybody can have an odd day i've never na- i don't like to get down on any leaf but uh i saw sparks taking a hammering on facebook and i joined in and i said listen that is a hundred percent a defensive error there
0: that was that de- uh, yeah that was definitely a defensive error i, I know th- i know there have been some times when e- uh, ev- ev- even us have uh, doubted sparks a couple times there are a couple saves that we're thinking freddie would have made that you know um but that was that was. Freddie like, wouldn't have made that save. No goalie no, would make no, that n- save. That I'll was tell a you what. Ever. You
1: let somebody walk in with a buck like that, and they're gonna shoot and score. Uh, you know the defenders let sparks down, so that was you know a bit disappointing. And so to, uh, Leafs are down one nil in the first period.
0: Yeah, that, that was that was one one nil in the first period. Um, Leafs still looked pretty strong uh, coming back after that uh, for the for the next nine minutes of the period, and pretty sure they end up. Uh, after the first period, just before the just before the period ends, they ended up with a power play. Um, yeah, and... Oh, that's right. So that yeah, the period, end, that ended, period ended, so there's a minute left. Somebody went in the penalty
1: box. They had a minute on the power play, which means that second period opened up with a minute of power play. Yeah, there was a
0: minute of power play in the second period. Uh, power play didn't produce, which is, especially for the last five games like we've been talking about, the power play's been pretty good. Yeah. And uh, the fact it didn't produce was kind of surprising, but, you know, carry on. So we still like look pretty uh, good. You have one of those
1: moments where it's like uh shitty goal let in and you're like oh. And then power play and they just don't seem to be doing anything and you're like oh no. <laughs> and then um so they would have had a uh you know a shout out from Babs at, at uh, the inter- intermission come out with a minute almost a minute I think left in the power play and
0: uh nothing. Yeah, literally it's uh couldn't get it not going. Nothing happened. And then actually uh so two minutes into the into the second period uh two minutes 49 seconds to be exact and uh so that's just after the power play and uh islanders score matt Berzel.
1: Mm-hmm. uh scored again and uh you know my own oh no, turned into oh god
0: yeah it the the, the least still look pretty hungry for a goal right but the they were but the islanders were showing that they're not they're not as well, not not as bad as, as everyone yeah. thought they were going to be.
1: They turned up to win for sure, and um, the Leafs just weren't bringing it. They certainly weren't bringing any of the sort of dominance that they showed in the previous five games. Uh, they didn't. They weren't showing the puck control. Uh, it was like you know that just the magic wasn't happening. So the passes weren't tight. The tape to tape wasn't happening. Um, you know those backhand not uh, look not looking passes. The, there wasn't the guy wasn't there to get them. They just looked a bit sloppy.
0: Yeah, especially after the first two goals, like uh, we're seeing, uh, especially John Tavares. You know, he wanted to do something, especially against his former team. He wanted to show that he was uh, over that team and he was a properly a leaf now. And if and if you look, the two people that looked the most deadly were probably Mano and Tavares. You know. They were the p- closest Leafs to scoring scoring goal in those first two periods.
1: Yeah, there was yeah. some. I mean, there were some good saves and a couple good shots, but the Leafs definitely didn't look like a team that were going to uh, make up the difference. But you hope they will. And before I forget, Don Cherry at uh, we a, uh, Yeah, co- coach's corner. Um, he made a comment that turned out to be fairly controversial about the uh, Canada junior team fourteen one win or fourteen nil win. Yeah. Over Denmark. Well, Talk about that in a minute with the juniors. Don't no let me forget.
0: Okay, I went. Um, uh, but th- then uh, two minutes later, after after the second goal, Matt Bazel again uh, scoring to make it three nil Islanders, and I know you were thinking, oh for goodness sake.
1: Yeah, when you're three 0 down, when the Leafs are three 0 down, you know they so they climb uh, well they climb out of that hole, right? Uh, we've all seen them climb out of a uh, c- climb out of a th- uh, three goal down hole, but. Uh, they just weren't looking anything like frightening. And you start to think, oh, God, how deep will the hole get?
0: Yeah, exactly. And uh, go, going back to your, they, they can make up the deficit. That's shown in the D- uh, the Detroit game in, the, in that uh, streak. Uh, they were down 3-1 after the first period and came back to win 5-4. Like, they, they show, they've they shown they can do it, but only if they're hungry to win.
1: Yeah, no. So uh, Leeds are down 3-0, still in the second period.
0: Well, I, I, I know both of us were still hopeful that we could at least get one and hopefully to be Tavares, especially against his team. as we So what, what
1: Leafs need to do, I mean, in general Leaf behavior, what they needed to do was get on the scoreboard towards the end of the se- – or by the end of the second period because if they get that anchor goal, they can sort of claw their way up from that, right? So what w- I was hoping was that we would get to the end of second period and at least be something like 3-1 down. Yeah. So we had somewhere to start exactly um so we needed the Leafs to score next and who scored next
0: Matt Barzell again uh, making it 4-0 to the Islanders and completing his hat trick
1: total nightmare I mean back to you know this is so this is Leafs now down 4-0 still in the second period and honestly if I'd been if I'd been holding a beer I probably would have thrown it at the TV
0: yeah it was as, as you said it was really late and we were both pretty tired but we stayed up to watch that game. And uh, I know after, after that fourth goal, we were just like, we just cut our losses and went to bed, you know.
1: That was it. For the first <laughs> time, we're, we're admitting it here in the podcast. We went to bed. It was now two in the morning or something. Yeah. And uh, we're down 4 0. We were so disgusted, we turned off the TV and went to bed. Woke <laughs> up this morning to find how many goals were scored by either team in the f- third period.
0: Well, we were, I know we we're both hoping that the Leafs at least got one goal. And it ended up that we got shut out 4-0.
1: Yeah, 4-0. So nobody scored in the third period. Uh, Watch the highlights today. The third period wasn't anything to write home about, really. So the Leafs' uh, uh, five-game winning streak came to a grinding halt against, of all people, the Islanders.
0: And the Islanders' win streak went up to four. But I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the stats here of that game. And actually, it's, it's quite surprising, to be honest. Um, shots on goal. Uh, the Leafs came over uh, thirty six twenty eight shots. Uh, Face off winning percentage fifty eight point seven percent to forty one point three in favor of the Leafs. Uh, the power play, well, we didn't score any. It was one out of three for the New York Islanders. Penalty minutes uh, four minutes for the Islanders, six for the Leafs. Um, and then you got hits and blocks uh, f- uh, in favor of the Islanders with twenty three and nineteen just shows that we we still need that more muscle like we're talking in the podcast uh our last podcast yeah
1: (laughs) need some need some aggression uh some more aggression even naz didn't you know he bumped around a little bit last night but even he he didn't look like he was uh starting to throw his weight around at all we're going to need that extra physical gear if we're going to come up against teams like that so four nil loss end of that one you know uh, water under the bridge. Uh, ready to win the next one and start a new streak off. That's fine. I mean, we are a winning team. We are flying, and uh, no reason to lose uh spirits or anything. At, at as far as we're concerned, at the moment, um, you know, looking forward to the next game.
0: Who who are we playing next? Who we uh, got? Uh, it's the, on the third of January against Minnesota.
1: Right, third of January, Minnesota. Uh, so hey, wait, b- wait,
0: wait, can I stop you a second? Yeah, it's actually this is an early game for us. Seven p.m. our time. Seven p.m. our time, which means that that's because if you remember, there's always that one game a year that they do that's at like two two in Toronto time. Yeah. Uh, so that like the kids from the school get free tickets and stuff.
1: Right. We'll have to look into that. We're going away for a few days, and uh, I hope to God they've got decent Wi-Fi where we're staying.
0: It's also it's also a free game, so you don't even need game center for it, which is great. Okay.
1: All right. We got to look into <laughs> that. Uh, in between now and then, uh, Winter Classic on uh, New Year's Day. Uh-huh. Um, that is in Chicago.
0: Chicago versus? Uh, Boston Bruins. Boston
1: Bruins. So that will be an interesting one. We um, One of our uh, friends, or a really great friend who was over for, um, from Canada for Christmas, Dan, uh, is a big Bruins fan. And um, we were talking about the Winter Classic. It's a funny thing. And if you've ever seen, um, if you've if you watched one on the TV or whatever and you see the situation. Basically, usually what it is, is um, they set up an outdoor rink in the middle of an American football uh, yeah, s- field. stadium. And uh, I say American football because football, obviously, here means soccer. Uh, but uh, f- So an NFL team usually, they'll set up a rink in the middle of that. So um, if you're sitting in the stands, you are one hell of a long way from a, what is a very small playing surface inside of a football field. And it's a really long way across, um, and if you've ever watched that one, I've seen loads of where it's typically an absolute blizzard of a game. So you are, number one, sitting um, sitting a very long way from the rink, so but you basically can't really see what's happening on the rink if there's a, you're watching the game on a big screen, if it's, if it's there. Uh, the it's you know we're talking about um, very early in the year so this one's you know January 1st or whatever it will be freezing cold so you're absolutely freezing cold outside watching a game that's very far away and it's very possibly snowing so bad that you can barely see anyway uh, and the question is would you want to go and
0: sit there? I would say. Even after all those factors, I would say I would just... just, Hells yeah, just it's <laughs> the Winter Classic. <laughs> yeah, just because just the I experience, would, right?
1: Anyone would kill to be sat there watching that. And uh, tailgate parties in the beginning and everything else, who wouldn't want to be at the Winter Classic? So uh, it's a funny thing. Uh, really shitty from a, from one perspective, uh, but totally amazing from another. So anybody going to the Winter Classic, we salute you. We would love to go, and, and hopefully we'll make it to one, uh,
0: one of these years. But let's talk about the World Juniors uh yeah so um canada's uh one well i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure they played last night uh i guess try and I'll, I'll look it up later but the if i just find this here
1: so first game
0: uh, uh first game was against denmark as yeah. you were saying earlier um so go go back to your don cherry thing on, uh, oh, on yeah, the yeah, denmark yeah. game
1: yeah yeah so uh grapes in on uh, coach's corner last night in the lease game uh, brings up the uh, VT of the um, goal scored by uh, I can't remember Frost, where, was Frost. It Frost, where he's doing the um, raise your ear for a cheer thing, or you know whatever they call that thing, where you score a goal and you skate around the perimeter and with your glove up to your ear, saying you know saying you want to hear the the crowd, and the point that Don Cherry was making was. And he's made this point before, is that if you are absolutely killing a team, I mean you're destroying a team, and I don't mean just like, you know, at least last 4-0 last night, you know, that wasn't a destruction, that's, you know, that's a that's a that's not a great game for the Leafs. But if you are literally destroying a team, and the score is like 7-0, 8-0, 9-0, 10-0, show some grace, you know, show some class, uh, and... You don't act the same way as if it's a really tight game, and you had just scored the game winner or something like that. You play with some class, and I think that that's the point that Don was making. What you don't do is incite the crowd to cheer you on some more, as you drive another nail into the spirit and confidence of a team that you're you're killing.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, uh, Den Denmark isn't the strongest of teams as we know, um, and to destroy a team fourteen 0 that's like. That's going back to roller hockey. We're like I I know in youth we had a pretty strong team as you know we made nationals and we killed a couple teams, but when, whenever we played a whenever we played a team that uh, we knew weren't as good as us, we never went to score like fifty goals. And and you you know and everyone else knew we could. Yeah. So now. So, that, so there's something in that. And so that was,
1: you know, then you shuffle around as a coach and you give some guys that are... So you're carrying a long bench probably and then you shift some guys up and give them a bit more time and, and that sort of thing because you got a bit of buffer to do that. Now, there's a reason why you carry on scoring in a tournament like the world's.
0: Uh, uh, I, uh, yeah, it's for gold differential, right? Just, right? just in case anything happens at the end, like a tie or something. It o- it's always done on gold differential. Yeah. So that's going to goal differential in
1: a tournament. Like that's going to mm-hmm. mean something, right? Or could potentially mean something. So you don't take tic- your foot off the scoring. But you might do mm-hmm. some shuffling and some line shuffling and that sort of thing. But what you don't do is gloat like a jackass. Uh, and get try and g the crowd up to cheer you some more when you're completely destroying a team that everybody knew that you're going to beat anyway. So I have to say that I side with grapes on this one. You
0: yeah. Know? So, so, so same same here. But like um, my my other view on this is uh, definitely celebrate. You know that was Frost's second goal of the game. It was his first ever national appearance. Uh, as as most other people will have done, right? So by all means celebrate. Do like uh like hug your team members or whatever. But don't do one of those celebrations that like shows don't overdo it yeah exactly yeah so there's that uh so 14-0 win
1: two guys score hat tricks in that game uh
0: yeah Comtois got uh the captain got uh four and uh frost got three
1: so two two different guys with hat tricks um one of them scores four uh who else stand stood out in that game
0: uh glass cody glass yeah i'm I, i mean uh Cody Glass. Uh, we didn't mention him in the last podcast when we were talking about the juniors, uh, but he he looked pretty good. And another person to mention, Nick Suzuki, who we did mention in the other podcast. Uh, he was in the trade of Max Pacioretty uh, f- uh, from Habs to uh, Vegas. He went from Vegas to the Habs. He was oh, a he was yeah. a draft pick. Yeah, yeah. And he's doing pretty well as well. I, I know. I know. We got some stats here. Um, this this is taking into account uh, both games. They the, the two games that they played. I've also got the other game here um so
1: first two games cody glass four assists across two games or is uh, that just in the first one no no no, that's two games two games so
0: four assists over the two
1: games uh, so points, leaders after the first two games.
0: So that's a, that's a three-way tie between Cody Glass, Morgan Frost, and Maxime Comtois, all with five points.
1: Five points in two games. F- three guys with five points in two games. That's, that's amazing. crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. That's a great start to any tournament. So that's the first two games, and then um, played last night. Yeah, they played last night. So second game, by the way, was against Switzerland.
0: Switzerland, and it was a 3-2 win.
1: 3-2 win against Switzerland, and last
0: night we had... Uh, we played Czech Republic. And it was a 5 1 Canada win. Wow, another big win for
1: us. And um, so we're flying in that tournament, uh, suffice to say. So Canada lit on fire at the moment. And I almost wish I would have watched that last night instead of the uh, Leafs game because I think they're on at essentially at the same time. Uh, once might have started, I think the Canada game might have started 1 a.m. during the Leafs game or something. Yep. We should have switched over. Uh, so go Canada. Fantastic start to the World uh, Juniors. And we're looking for um, some great success there. Now, one thing I want to talk about before we uh, before we end today, and that is glow puck.
0: Oh my goodness, we were talking about this the other day, and uh, th- this this <laughs> th- this was before, before my time, but I know you. you I know you. So you know I, tra- about I just it.
1: this is one of the first things I described to Finn when we when I was first. He was first getting into hockey and whatnot. Was this this phenomena that, that some of you out there will remember. Um, where I can't even remember whose idea it was. Uh, I want to say that it was like NBC's idea. Or uh, it was Fox Sports. Fox Fox's idea was that hockey was just uh, that it was too fast a moving sport for people to get introduced to or to get into who are just we're just coming to the sport. It's too basically too hard to follow the puck around. So they came up with this ingenious <laughs> ingenious idea, and the in- and the idea was. Is that you'd be watching a game and um and so as as you as the game is happening, they would use a computer and they would place a blue glow around the puck yeah, so that it was easier to follow with your eyes and uh so everywhere that the puck went was this glow uh, like a halo glowing around the puck itself
0: yeah uh, yeah i've 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 got I've actually got the the thing here, and it was uh the idea was because um the traditional centerized cameras they couldn't see the puck when it hit the boards closest to the camera right so you always wanted they wanted the glow around it so you could always see it at, at, at every moment and also as you were saying uh, yesterday when we were talking about it whenever someone took a shot they put a tail on it depending on how hard the shot yes. was
1: yes yes that's a crazy thing so if that wasn't ridiculous enough so when somebody actually took a hard shot, they put like a comet tail on it, you know, like the tail of Halley's Comet or whatever, like a, this fake like tail so you could see which direction it was flying in. So it turned it into like some cheesy video game or whatever. And uh, so maybe if it was the first time you've seen the game, you were like somehow enticed by that. But for anybody who'd seen more than one game, everybody just thought it was stupid.
0: Yeah, um, but I, I, uh, actually it went on for two years, yeah, from two nine, 1996 to 1998.
1: Two years they tried this out, and if I re- remember correctly, it was two years of 99.9% of people saying that this is a stupid idea, please stop. And eventually they, uh, eventually they, they knocked it off. Yeah. Uh, but I just wanted to bring it up. So Glowpuck, uh, if you don't remember the Glowpuck, um, look it up on YouTube because uh, I tapped in last night just getting ready for this podcast. And uh, sure enough, there's, <laughs> there's a few uh, clips there where you can see actual footage of what it looked like to watch uh, a hockey on the TV uh, when Glowpuck technology existed. So check that out. Uh, go onto YouTube and check out uh, Glowpuck and see what you go, see what you come up with there. Anyway, I'm looking, and uh, we should probably taper this one off.
0: I, I, I actually want to talk about one more thing. Okay, what do you got? Uh, before we finished, and it was about um, the trade that was last night, just after the news got broken, Eddie oh, Anderson. Oh, yeah. Uh, Michael Hutchinson trade. Uh, From
1: the lead singer of NXS? N- 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 no. Oh, no, someone, okay. someone else.
0: Um, so the trade was uh, uh, with the Florida Panthers. So Florida Panthers trade Michael Hutchinson uh for Toronto's fifth round draft pick in twenty twenty. So what do you have on that?
1: Michael Hutchinson, goalie. Yeah. So we got ourselves yep. another goalie. Uh he okay, came to us from Florida. What, where was he before that? Do you remember? Um, um I th- we oh need I to s- get we we'll, we'll get, get some more stats oh, yeah. on him for well. next time. So we got ourselves another goalie. Uh, so who is in the goalie house at the moment?
0: So right now we've got um Freddie so Freddy Sparks. Uh and somewhere hi- here Casimir uh, Kaskasuo, uh, he's the Mali's goalie at the moment. Um, Is he their starting goalie? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Start starting goalie of the Mali's, uh Casimir Kaskasuo. Uh, he's played eleven games, uh, has a four point one two goals against average, which isn't the greatest. No. And he has an eight point six six save percentage.
1: Right. So the who was this? This was Cas Casimir Kaskisuo. And do we know stats on Hutchinson? We don't know yet.
0: I will. I'll try and grab them up quick. It's okay. Talk it's about we'll,
1: we'll we'll get them we'll get em next time. Uh I just it um, leaves me th- uh saying and thinking one thing. Get well soon, Freddie.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um but the one thing I wanted to ask you is uh what do, what do you think this is going to mean for the lease or the Marlies? because um again, going back to Steve Dangle podcast, I listened to the first 5 minutes of the one uh the new one. And um Booger, was that the Booger one or No, uh new about Dallas. Oh, the, the Dallas, Dallas one. one,
1: yeah, great podcast, guys again.
0: Um, but they were talking about uh, how for now this is because uh, I don't know if you saw the face of Casimir yesterday on the on the bench. He looked ge- when the third goal went in. He looked genuinely terrified that he was actually going to get put in the game. He
1: was literally, if you looked at that face, he was literally shitting himself. Yeah. And the more goals that Sparks let in, the the worse it appeared.
0: Yeah, and um, so the, 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 this this looks it, this looks like. Um, Gonna be, he's going to be the new Mali starting goalie. Casimir, unfortunately, will be demoted to backup. Just means he'll get more experience. He's only like 25 years old, which is actually quite young for a goalie, right? Yeah. Um, but it looks like we're going to have Michael Hutchinson developing in the AHL for a bit longer. Um, we've got to build it. Y- you know, we've got to have some backup uh, for the playoffs.
1: Exactly. I, I love the fact that we're talking about this at this stage in the season. But, you know, uh, we are still sketchy in the in the goaltending situation i mean freddy's great yep freddy's great uh but you know he's human and he's injured at the moment um exactly sparks stats are good uh but you know when you have uh when you're when your weaknesses are your defense you're defending uh you need to make up for that with your goalie unfortunately and uh, so uh quite rightly uh, Dubas is looking to just build up the back, you know, build up some uh, b- some more backup there because it's going to be a tough playoff.
0: Exactly, and uh, one thing I want to bring up with Dubas is that uh, right now with uh, with this trade and with the signing of uh, Ian Scott, the world juniors goalie that I was telling you about, uh, prospect uh, Prince Albert Raiders, he's got a three big Prince Albert Raiders. He's got a three-year entry-level contract and uh, also with the with the signing of calais Rosen a two year deal worth seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars wow so it it looks like he's itching he uh, especially after that Neilander deal right as soon as that was done he, the only other two two contracts he has really are the Mano and Matthews, but both guys have said that they' want to sign right now like they, they probably want to sign more at the end of the season when they've like fully done what they can and uh Showing how good they are.
1: Yeah, we'll see what we'll see what's happening there. Uh, again, on that we talked about this last time. Uh, who we uh, who our uh, guesses were for the uh, to get the C. Uh, some more I noticed on social media in the last couple of days about how they reckon that Matthews will get offered the C as part of his contract sign. Yeah, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Anyway, listen, we gotta go. I'm almost out of beer.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that's a good point.
1: Um, so one last thing to say, thanks so much for listening. Um, thanks so much for finding us. Listen, if you like the podcast, please leave a review for us. Uh, even if it's just to put five stars on there, you don't have to write anything. It just helps us be more visible. And, um, you know, there's quite a few, there's quite a lot of noise in the hockey, uh, podcast space. Um, we're all about Leafs. We're all about hockey. We've got, uh, a different perspective. We think to most people because we're, we, uh, we're Canadians, but we're uh, based here in the UK. Uh, Thanks for listening. Um, Do just give us five stars if you can. One last thing to say, though. uh, Our new theme, brand new theme song.
0: Yeah, uh, thanks a lot to uh, Lawrence Ebert. uh, He's made us a new theme song. And, uh, well, we think it's great. So. Thank you very much.
1: Yeah, we love it. So he's been working on it. This is a you know a piece that he's put together. He plays the music and he sings. Um, I'm just trying to find. He's on Instagram, and you guys should check him out. I'm just trying to find. Yeah, his.
0: I'll, I think I've got him right here. Um. It's Lauren
1: Lawrence L A U R E N Z underscore one eight two. So Lawrence one eight two. Uh, his name's Lawrence Ebert. This dude's super talented. Check him out. He's got loads of music. He's on iTunes. He's on SoundCloud. And now he's done our very own original uh, UK Hockey Fam uh, podcast theme song. So thanks, Lawrence. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And we will be doing a podcast very soon in the new year. So happy new year in advance. Uh, see you later from me.
0: Yeah, happy new year, guys. and it's, uh, See you later from me as well. Cheers, everybody. Go Leafs. hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey